Hello, welcome back to my podcast. Today we're reading Ancient Romans. Let's start. Rome is where the heart is. Welcome to Rome, the centre of one of the richest and most powerful empires ever seen. Streets were noisy with people talking, children playing, and the sound of chariots and hooves on the stores paving. Hanny spot the public bus and the outdoor lesson dash. It just is a book, a picture book, that's why. Ancient Rome was covered in graffiti, luxurious pintis means Lucix painted this? I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correct. This shop sells olive oil. Olive were important for cooking, clearing, and as fuel for lamps. As well as public toilets, there were jars on the streets, corners for mud to wee in. The week was collected for washing clothes. Yuck! Roman men wore either tunics or tagas togas, a kind of large wooden shawl. Only freeborn citizens were allowed to wear togas. Dogs were popular pets. Some Roman children kept mice and hitched honey carts to them. Women often dyed their hair red or blonde. Goats, fats and Wood ashes were popular dyeing regions. Only the best Roman houses had glass windows, but the glass was much thicker and greener than glass of today than the glass of today. So that's that page. Don't forget your stylus. Education was important to Romans, but you only wanted lessons if your parents could afford it. Most children didn't go to school because their parents needed them to work. Reading, writing and basic maths were taught, but books weren't used. They were much too expensive. This modern map shows how big the Roman Empire was. It included up to 20% of all the people on earth. Children learned to write using a wax tablet and a stylus. Stylus simply scratched a lettering into the wax. The students got something wrong. They were hit with a stick. Count yourself lucky. What's the time? Uh, 20 past 11. The the bathhouse. People went to public baths to wash away and meet friends. There was three... Rooms, a warm room, a hot room, and a cold room. After the warm room, you move to the hot room, where perfumed oils rubbed, rubbed into you and then scraped off again. After that, was a cold bath. <laughs> bath houses had their own central heating system, and some large ones even had restaurants or snack bars. The scraping tool is called a streaking, I'm not sure. I am um, uh, pronouncing that correctly. Men and women use separate bathhouses. Most men did some exercise like weightlifting or wrestling before they used baths. Under attack! The strength of the Roman army was legendary. Soldiers were paid, well organized, and standard equipment. Unlike most of their enemies in the battle, Romans or legionaries first threw his spear, then fought with his sword. Soldiers also carried a wooden shield and wore a helmet, armor and helmet. Wore metal armor and a helmet. The fort is under attack. Homesick soldiers got lonely 
Roman mothers sent letters and parchments to cheer them up. Boo-hoo! Our mills were made out of overlapping metal plates that put panels that protected the body. Soldiers wore leather sandals with iron studs on the soles, hard wearing but very slippery in running or wet song stones. Whoops! <laughs> a Roman spear bent when it hit an enemy shield. This made it hard to remove and almost impossible to throw it back again. Roman soldiers could march up to 40 kilometers a day with all their equipment. I prefer to be marching right now. War machine! <laughs> the Roman army used deadly siege engines to attack walled strongholds. Massive crossbows called ballistas fire heavy iron arrows and catapults launch large stone against the enemy's walls. And the heavy beam of a battling ram had had an iron head shaped like a ram's head that could smash through the enemy walls here it comes catapults were something to use flaming used to throw flaming rocks most siege engines could be dismantled and loaded onto a wagon to be moved from place to place if the defenders didn't surrender before the battling ran first hit the wall they didn't get another chance the biggest ballista could throw their missiles further than one kilometer. <laughs> a very big tortoise. The test studio, Latin for tortoise, was an impressive example of Roman discipline and organization. Soldiers bunched into a tight formation and used their shields to protect from them against enemy fire. I was just glanced off the curved shields. In this way, Roman soldiers could get close to the enemy without getting hurt. The testudo could even be used as a bridge for other soldiers to cross on narrow ravines. Oof! The main problem with the testudo is it couldn't move very quickly, just like a real tortoise. Yes, that's why they need it, I think. Rome wasn't built in a day. The engineering achievements of ancient Rome weren't matched until the 19th and 20th, 20th century. That's a long time. Their roads, aqueducts, and buildings amazed the barbarians they conquered. Roads and aqueducts were built so well that they survived for thousands of years. You can still see some today. Aqueducts, like this one, carried fresh, clean water to cities. Concrete was cheap. Complete, concrete was cheap, fireproof, flexible enough to withstand earthquakes. It could even be cased, used underwater. Women discovered how to use sediment to bind stones together and how to make concrete. Roads were usually quite straight. Instead of going around obstacles, women built bridges or tunnels wherever possible. Romans built over 900, built over 900 bridges bridges in their empire. No wonder I'll never get the off. When building on boggy ground, engineers used the foundation of sticks, bundles and sheepskin to prevent the road from sinking. The army was in charge of building the roads, but slaves did a lot of the work. About 10 to 15 percent of the empire's population was slaves, rising to 30 to 40 percent in Italy. 
Yes, that is lots of sleeves. That's actually pretty bad. Very bad, actually. Aqueducts. Aqueducts were man-made waterways that carried water from the countryside to cities like Rome. Where aqueducts crossed the valley and they looked a bit like a bridge, but lots of aqueducts were tunnels or at ground level in the city water supplied public baths, toilets and the street basins where most people get their water from. Man-powered treadmills allowed cranes to lift heavy stone blocks. Gravity keeps full water moving, so engineers made sure aqueducts went downhill. Without water from aqueducts, Rome could be a much dirty, dirtier, smellier place. <laughs> All roads lead to Rome. Roads connected to the empire allowed quick and efficient transport of goods, citizens and soldiers. Roads were made of earth, sand, gravel, cement and crushed rubble up to 1.2 meters deep with large smooth stones at the top. Heavy goods were transported by four-wheeled carts put by eight ox. And I wish I had a question. Yes, of course. Stones by the side of the road showed the name of the emperor and sometimes the, the, the distance to the next town. Smooth stone slabs, cement with sand gravel, cemented gravel, compact earth. After the Romans had left Britain, people thought their roads must be made by giants or gods. Real rims were made out of iron. After many years, these often have formed deep grooves on roads. Yes. Yes, of course. Roman banquets. Ordinary Romans mostly ate bread and porridge, but the rich really knew how to throw a dinner party. Guests lay on couches, popping themselves on their left arm and eating with their right. These sort of dinner parties were just for special occasions. Hands were washed before dinner and and, and again after each course. Napkins were used to keep mouths clean. I wasn't polite to leave the table to go to dinner to go to the toilet during dinner. Uh-oh. What numbers, numerals can grow over walls? Entertainment might be musician, dancer, poet, or acrobat. These are terrible. These lots are terrible. Whoa! Uh, the answer to that question was um, four. People only lay down to eat at dinner parties just as well it gives me pins and needles slaves served the food and drink and cleaned up and the cook was a slave too weird bones and shells were tossed on the floor for slaves to clean up hmm. weird and bad society for slaves doing all the job. Well that makes sense because that's what the slaves are supposed to do. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fuss with this book. It's really hard. Do you want fish sauce with that dormouse? There were lots of strange foods at a banquet and women certainly liked olives. There were at least 30 variants. Most important, there was a fish sauce made from fermented incense of four small fish. It was used as a seasoning, as a condiment like salt or as a sauce. Romans didn't eat the meat you see at modern butchers, but seafood 
game and poultry were all common. Pigs feet, duck, peacocks brain, duck goose, octopus shellfish, oysters, oak grubs, flamingos tongues. Mine was mixed with water before drinking and beer was only for barbarians. Roasted roast stuffed dormice were a real delicacy. Sometimes waited in front of waited in front of guests. Children's games. Children were rarely invited to banquets. If they were, they would have to be very well behaved. If children talked back to their parents, the head of the household could throw them out of the house and never allow them back. But children still had fun. You might even recognize some of the toys and games. Rolling a hoop with a stick was fun. So was throwing a spear through the hoop. Marbles and knuckle bones, a bit like jacks, were popular games. Childhood didn't last long. Boys could marry at 14 and girls at 12. Before her wedding, a girl gave away all her toys. I mean, sorry. Oh, I got so mixed up. Gladiators, are you ready? You should have heard this. Armed combatants called gladiators entertain large people in violent battles with other gladiators and animals. Large amphitheaters like the Colosseum in Rome were built especially to stage fighting contests. Fighters were treated like heroes if they survived. But if they survived, that's the big part. All kinds of wild animals were featured. Tiger, bulls, wolves, cheetahs, cheetahs, hippo, rhinos. Gladiator games were usually paired with beast contests. One of, one, this one was getting a bit out of hand. Gladiator games were big business and there was over 30 different types of gladiators. To be sure a losing gladiator was dead. An uh, attendant whacked him with a hammer. One of the most famous fighters the, was the Emperor Commodus, who boasted that he won a thousand matches. Trident, the word comes from Latin three toothed. The crowd was allowed to choose if a defeated gladiator was, a, was to live or die. Or to be sure, uh, yeah, I already read that one, sorry. <laughs> Fighting outfits. Fighting normally took place between took place between gladiators of different types, who who each had different weapons and armors. These two gladiators had equipment designed to match each other and make it a close fight. If slave gladiators fought well, they were sometimes given a wooden sword and their freedom. Mermilio, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correct. Short and strong, the Mermilio, not pronouncing that correct probably, carried a heavy sword and shield and had a paddled left leg. He swung and stabbed at close quarters. Retalis, light and agile. Best chance. Uh, no, a light and agile. The Retalis' best chance was to tie his opponent and trap him with his net. Yeah, he said I'd rather be catching fish. Huh. Let me see what the equipment for fish. Gladiators. 
training school, gladiators usually slaves or criminals, but some people chose to become one. They thought well they could win prizes or gifts. They could also become famous. Gladiators lived in a training school where they worked hard practicing their skills. Gladiators were expensive to train and were fed well. Ex- well they were expensive to train and were expensive to train and fed well. They only fought a few times a year. A famous gl- uprising against Rome led by ex-gladiator called Spartius. Gladiator trainers are usually retired gladiators. The crowd preferred handsome gladiators, I hope I stay that way. Wooden swords were used for training. You still hurt getting hit with one though. Yeah, I bet so. Circus Maximus. Chariot racing was even more popular than gladiator fighting and the Circus Maximus room was the place to see it. Chariot racing was exciting and dangerous. Charioteers were allowed to bank into each other so they frequently terrible crashes. Look out! The lightweight chariots were pulled by two or four horses. The four horse races were more prestigious. Races were seven laps anti-clockwise. Although clocks didn't exist, of course, charities tied reins around their waist so if they were felt dragged until they could cut themselves free. Supporters sometimes fought and even killed each other. Oh man. One of the famous charities won the equivalent of 15 billion in his career. That makes him the highest paid sportman ever. The Circus Maximus track was over 600 meters long. Drivers were usually trained sleeves, but they could win money and even even enough to buy their freedom. Capacity was at least 150,000 more than any sports stadium today. Yeah, that's a lot of people. But the fighting, oh, imagine you're like a person, other than other person, and say this person is the best, but actually he isn't, and then, and then he loses, and then you get killed. Imagine, that's really mean. Cheek to cheek, public toilets were, weren't very public. Up to 30 people sat next to each other. Oh, yeah, that's not public. Uh, each other on a long bench with no dividing walls for privacy. Yeah, that's no privacy. The public toilet was a good place to catch up with the latest gossip or talk about politics. Don't be shy. Can you pass on this sea sponge to us on a stick, please? Hang on, I'll give it a rinse. <laughs> so the toilet paper, no one shared a, a sea sponge on a stick. Gross! Public toilets and st- the sewer system improved health and reduced disease. Toilets weren't only in cities, they even have them in forts at the edge of the empire and that's the end for today's book see you next time bye